Well, good morning, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome to the TR90 Body Burn 30 Support Call. This call happens Monday through Friday at this time, which for me is 6.40 Pacific Time. It's 7.40 Mountain Time, 8.40 Central Time, and 9.40 Eastern Time. Thrilled to have you along with us. If you ever miss these calls, you can pick them up on an application called SoundCloud or wherever you get your podcasts through by putting them in Frank, F-R-A-N-K, Lomas, L-O-M-A-S, and T-R-90. <coughs> and, or, Frank Lomas and Solutions, the digit four, and by aging, all pushed together. And these calls could pop up, and they are archived back 11 years, 11 plus years. With that being said, if you're listening to it, this and it's a podcast and you want to catch us live, I mentioned the times, but the phone number you can catch us live on is 712-775-8972. And when it prompts for the code, put in 910022 to join us live. We would be thrilled to have you along with us. For those of you that do not know who I am, I'm Susan Nan out of Portland, Oregon, welcoming you to this TR90 support call. And as I said, it does happen, this does happen Monday through Friday at this time, which is 6.40 for me. And right now it's very dark outside because, well, it's wintertime and that it is what it is. When you're first starting out with that TR90 program, that's that lean, good, clean, lean meal a day, two shakes a day, three snacks a day, 30 grams of protein at at least three of those meals. Making sure to take your supplements 15 to 20 minutes before a meal. But if you're not able to take it before your meal, do take it with your meal. It'll still work. It's just not quite as effective as it would be if you could take it beforehand. Seven plus servings of fruits and vegetables every single day that will give you macronutrients, it'll give you micronutrients, and it will give you fiber. And guys should be getting about 45 grams of fiber daily. Ladies need to be getting about 32 grams of fiber daily for good digestive health. (coughs) Excuse me. You should be getting between um, seven to nine hours of good quality sleep a night. That will help you um, store memories, uh, do a whole bunch of body system resets while you're sleeping, and really... Um, help clear out some of the detritus so that you can make good decisions the next day. Um, it's really important in, uh, in some of the information that I've read and shared with you that from Stephen G. Pratt, MD, about he highly suggests that if that's something you're having difficulties with, start with the sleep first before you jump into anything else on creating a new lifestyle because it help, really does help with the decision-making. 30 minutes of moderate to heavy exercise at least five days a week. That is also part of this um, TR90 lifestyle. When you're doing that, uh, I, I try to mix it up between the weight-bearing and the aerobic just so that I have a good balance of both. But, you know, do what works for you. Do something you enjoy that you like to go back and do again and again and again. If you have a, an accountability partner, it's even better because then you're less likely to kind of skip it. With that being said, you also need to drink plenty of water. 
So if you're exercising heavily or you're, you're in a humid area, you'll need to increase this more than what the baseline is, which is one ounce of water for every two pounds you weigh. And if you weigh 100 pounds, you should be drinking a minimum of 50 ounces of water daily, for example. If um, you're exercising heavily or it's humid, you're going to need to increase that to adjust for what you're losing in body moisture. And if you're exercising heavily for an hour, you can lose up to a quart of uh, body fluid in that hour so and get dehydrated really easily. Many times if you think you're hungry, it's really dehydration starting to kick in. So with that being said, I'm sharing some information today out of a book that's called Fat Chance, Beating the Odds Against Sugar, Processed Food, Obesity, and Disease. And yesterday I was talking about um, uh, behavior or biochemistry, the, the hypothalamic obesity, and how insulin is the leptinator. And today, we're starting with deconstructing Darwin, and I think that might be as far as we get today. We'll see. So whenever paradoxical events occur in, um, oh, by the way, this is written by Robert H. Lustig, MD, and MSL, and it was probably published, I don't know, come to think of it, I don't remember when this one was published, uh, 2012. It's the copyright on this one. So whenever paradoxical events occur in biology, one has to look at the evolutionary explanation. Why should insulin block leptin signaling? What's the advantage for insulin, the hormone that tells the body to store energy, to block leptin? The hormone that tells your brain to burn energy. Leptin is a necessary signal to the VMH which is the, the medial part of hypothalamus, for initiation of high-energy processes such as puberty and pregnancy. If leptin always worked right, then nobody would gain weight. Think of the 97-pound weakling at the beach. The crucial weight gain during puberty and pregnancy would be compromised and our reproductive capacity would be shot. Twice in our lives, we need to stop leptin from working or we can't gain the weight and the species dies out. Since insulin drives energy storage, it makes sense that it should do double duty and also be the central blocker of leptin. One hormone, two coordinated actions. Indeed, both puberty and pregnancy are hyperinsulinic states. When adulthood or the postpartum state is reached, the insulin level falls, weight stabilizes or is lost, and leptin levels return uh, toward baseline. However, in maladaptive conditions, when insulin is high all the time and leptin signaling is impaired, the energy gets stored, yet the brain sees starvation and obesity worsens. When you examine the symptoms of obese and starved individuals, they are very similar. On first thought, this sounds ludicrous, but it is actually makes sense. Both claim fatigue, malaise, and depression. The reason for this in both groups is the inability or to adequately respond to the leptin signal. 
in starvation because of the inadequacy of leptin and in obesity because of the resistance to leptin. Furthermore, leptin concentrations drop precipitously during periods of short-term fasting within 12 hours in parentheses here, declining faster than the body body, body fat stores. You haven't lost any weight in that time, but your fat cells are already telling your brain that you're starving and driving your food intake back up. By the time you're one day into any weight loss regime, you've already, you're already leptin deficient on top of being leptin resistant, meaning you really can't see the signal trying not to eat for a day to fit into those, to that little black dress. Oops. This actually drives gluttony and sloth to return your weight to its baseline level. In a nutshell, this is the recidivism of obesity. If your brain thinks there's no leptin due to either leptin deficiency or leptin resistance, you're pretty miserable. Your parasympathetic nervous system goes into conservation mode, driving down your energy expenditure and physical activity and quality of life. Your vagus nerve then goes into overdrive, driving up your appetite, your insulin, and your energy storage. Well, if that wasn't a mouthful. No matter the mechanism, insulin blocks leptin signaling both in rodents and in humans. In the body, insulin causes energy storage in fat cells. In the brain, insulin causes leptin resistance, the brain starvation, in, in quotations. Insulin delivers a one-two punch to drive gluttony and sloth, weight gain, and obesity the world over. Insulin is the bad guy in this story. This idea turns obesity on its head. The standard thinking in obesity is if you eat it, you had better burn it or you're going to store it, in which case the weight gain is secondary to the two behaviors of increased energy intake, gluttony, and decreased energy expenditure, sloth. What the, these data are telling us is that it is the other way around. Storing energy is a biochemical process, not under the patient's control. Burning energy is synonymous with quality of life. Things that make you burn energy faster, such as exercise, ephedrine, which is now off the market, caffeine for about two hours, make you feel good. Conditions that make you burn energy slower, starvation, hypothyroidism, for example, make you feel lousy. So the first law needs to be reinterpreted. If you are going to store it, you expect to burn it. Then you will have to then you will have to eat it. In this interpretation, the biochemical process is primary, the weight gain is secondary, and the behaviors are the result of the biochemistry. Obesity is a biochemical alteration in the brain promoting leptin resistance with the resultant weight gain and secondary changes in behavior to maintain energy balance. The apparent character defects of gluttony and sloth are not the cause of the problem. They are the result of the problem. 
biochemical, biochemistry drives the behavior, not vice versa. The linchpin in this biochemical alteration is the hormone insulin. The majority of humans, regardless of weight, release double the insulin today that we did 30 years ago for the same amount of glucose. Now we're left with 147 billion with a B in annual financial cost of obesity question. If insulin is the bad guy and we're all hyperinsulinic as never before in history of humankind, where did the excess insulin come from? And how do we reverse it? The plot thickens. <clears throat> and this is where um, on Thursday I'll be jumping into food addiction, fact or fallacy. With that, I'm going to remind you, if you scoot over to Facebook, One Team Global Live at the top of the hour, one of our leaders will be sharing information on how to build a new skin business and what's up and coming in um, some of the world of new skin's plans. With that, this is Susan Mann for December 6, 2022, signing out. I want to wish everybody a really great day, and I look forward to having Frank on tomorrow. I'll be back on Thursday, and we'll have Victoria up on Friday with one of her wonderful meditations to get our weekend off to a fabulous start. And I welcome any of those thoughts and comments. So there we have it, my friends. Another one of your technical... <laughs> yeah, it's highly scientific, but it really sets sets everything up for this next part that we're going to be jumping in. So whether it's food addiction or not... <clears throat> So the leptin is, is the culprit? There, the, insulin. The, the insulin is sort of the response, but the leptin is the culprit because if we can't read the leptin, then we're really getting into all kinds of problems. That's why they say we might be leptin resistant because our insulin is so high. Okay, well, you have a terrific day, and and what are you doing today? Are you are you back at the second grade, or I wasn't really, I guess I wasn't paying attention at first. Are you working? <laughs> I, I am. <laughs> no, it's okay. I am actually subbing today, same school that I was at yesterday, but instead of being in first grade, I'm down two classrooms in the second grade. So that's what I thought. I thought you said that. And, okay. And those second, I'm sure those second graders will just keep me on my toes because, you know, they're notorious for doing that. I had a fourth grader come up to me and say, hi, Miss Hanson. And I'm going, I'm not Miss Hanson. And she says, oh, you're not. But that looks like her coat and your hair looks like her hair. <laughs> it was so funny. I'm just like, okay. She she must really like Miss Hanson, and Miss Hanson's at that school, so this is a good thing. 
Well, have a great day. I, I know the kids probably are getting to really recognize you. You've been there, what, this is the third day, second day, third day? This will be the second day I've been there this school year, but I, I was there, I think, last year a couple of times, so it's not the first time I've ever been in this school. So, And I know I'd been there before the pandemic, so those kids are pretty much completely out of the system and would not recognize me, so... It is what it is. <laughs> well, have a great day. I hope the kids are, are kind to you. I think they will be. And I hope you don't have any sleepers. <laughs> you know, if it's not the worst thing in the world if they're sleeping. If they're getting out of control and tearing the classroom apart, well, that's a whole other story. But I actually don't mind the sleepers because... They're the least of my problems. <laughs> Strange as that sounds, but it is true. So, have a great day, everybody. I've got to scoot off so that I can get to school on time. Have a great day, and we'll let Frank know so that he is on task for tomorrow. And hope he's still still feeling good. I hope he's still feeling good, too. And for if you're following me on Facebook, I posted three new pictures this week from a photo shoot this weekend. So that was oh, fun, I too. A, okay. <laughs> on Facebook, right? I'm going to go check you yeah. out. Okay. Well, I know that they're there because I posted the last one late last night because I couldn't figure out how to get it to go where how it needed to go uncropped. So hopefully it showed up uncropped. But it was fun. Okay, we'll see. Interesting. I'll let you know the interesting. <laughs> yeah, there were some interesting taglines. <laughs> Have fun. All right. Have a great day. All right, you guys. Bye.